2: And what is up? Welcome, man. Happy August, everybody. GC Live, the return of the dynamic duo, Chris Clark, here with me. Chris, welcome back, man. Happy August. Football is in the air. We got a great show. We got plenty to talk about. Um, dude, are you excited, man? Because I, I don't know. It just like it hit me this morning. I was like, all right, we have some actual practices to talk about soon. We have we already have recruiting news to talk about. Uh, season is just over one month away from kickoff. Um, get ready. It's here. The next month will fly by. And we have a ton of stuff planned for everybody on Gamecock Central, on GC Live, on 107.5, our new show on there. I am pumped, man.
1: We got a lot going. It's almost hard to keep up with. I was trying to record something earlier and couldn't even keep track with everything. But I do know this is exciting. Um, I'm thrilled to be back. I'm grateful to be back. Thanks to everybody for their support. There's a lot I could say about that. Um, And, man, there is a lot going on. And almost lost in the shuffle is the actual football season, It almost being here, as you alluded to. Practice starting up, I believe, on Friday. And going to get to check out some football. It seems like not that long ago at all, we were checking out some spring football. So super excited about that. Just college football in general. Always a great time when that's in the air, and it is certainly here. Yeah, man. So we've got a bunch of commitments to talk about. We got some final, um,
2: possible some de- you know some decisions that might be coming up. We got sponsors to talk about, and uh, very shortly we're going to be joined by a special guest. I'm pumped about this, man. We got uh, the man who's at the middle of it all, um, South Carolina's unofficial recruiting coordinator, South Carolina quarterback commit Dante Reno. He's going to be joining us shortly. Uh, before we get Dante on i got to tell everybody about our buddy, Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, clinthammond.com, 803-771-6933. If you're in a market for a new home, give Clint a shout. Uh, Hammond at mortgagenetwork.com is the email address. NMLS number is 71597. Uh, Interest rates have been up, Chris, but they actually have dipped quite a bit the last couple of weeks. So if you were thinking about getting a house and you're like, "Ah, I'm going to hold off, might be a time to revisit that. So give Clint a shout. We'll tell you about our friends at Liberty Tax a little bit later on as well. Um, again, going to be joined shortly by Dante Reno, South Carolina's quarterback commitment. Um, just waiting on him to hop in at the link. And uh, Chris, we're going to go individually through every single guy that committed to South Carolina over the weekend. So don't don't give away all your thoughts on all of them yet. Uh, but while we're waiting on Dante to hop in. Um, How about this recruiting momentum, man? This is something I want to ask Dante about as well. But it's kind of the way you drew it up if you're South Carolina to exit kind of that June, July recruiting blitz with one final push.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the summer, two big recruiting weekends in June, camps. So you wanted to exit the summer with some type of momentum, that being, you know, a good, more than a handful, you know, of verbal commitments and then position yourself to be in the game with some other big-time targets to potentially land some official visits from some other targets that are out there that are uncommitted. And I think that's generally what they've done. Now, this class is far from complete. They've got some other guys that they really need to hit on to make it good. Uh, but they've certainly made a lot of strides you know, this summer with what they've done. All right, y'all, them right there on the screen, we're going to go ahead and bring him in. He is South
2: Carolina's. Dante, I called you earlier the unofficial recruiting coordinator. I know you've had you've had your, your hands in everything a little bit, man. You've been dialed in ever since you committed. So, um, first of all, appreciate you taking the time, man. Welcome on the show. And second of all, uh, how fun has this been for you to see this recruiting momentum carry through these last two months, man?
0: Yeah, thank you guys for having me, first off. Um, yeah, it's been really fun. I mean, obviously, yesterday was a huge day with Marquis. Um, and then we all, obviously had another O-lineman commit yesterday, too, so it's been really good so far the month of July. Um, and I think going into August too, it's gonna, it's gonna pick up a little bit. Um, we got a couple here coming up soon and then, um, after the season it's going to pick up a lot too. So it's been good. It's been good momentum. Um, I think it's right where we want to be. And Pup, me and Pup talk almost every day. He just texted me like five minutes ago about a kid. So, um, we we've, we've, we've been on them. So it's been fun.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you, man. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, you know, if you are maybe the president or the CEO, like the unofficial Cut recruiting coordinator, like is Pup, is, is he like your, is it 1A, 1B? Is he your vice president? Like, what's the pecking order like? How's that go on a daily basis when you guys are talking?
0: Yeah, I think Pup, he knows a lot of the 23s. Um, so he kind of goes off the 23s and I go off of 24s and we both collide and hit them up both. So it's kind of like that. It's like 1A and 1B, but There's a bunch of others that are also recruiting, too. So it's not just me and him. It's a bunch of other people.
2: Dante, I know you were back in town. Um, You've had several visits to South Carolina, but this one, a little bit different. Uh, The the July, like, end of July cookout, this one was at Williams-Brice Stadium. Um, Maybe if you can, just give the fans a little sneak peek, I guess, at what this one was all about. Um, How did it go for you? And and just what were you guys doing uh, for a little bit of a unique event uh, this past, I guess, Friday it would have been?
0: Yeah, it was awesome. So obviously being a Willie B was a it was a great scene and they set it up really nice. Um they had a game that was playing on the Jumbotron. Um they had every every chair set up. Um they had food vendors and all that stuff. But no, it was really cool. Was, uh we had six, 20, 25 guys um that were there sixteen that weren't committed and we had nine commits. Um so it was really cool just to interact with all of them and then um, Coach Beamer pulled all the recru- recruits aside. I'll tell a little story. Um he pulled all the recruits aside and we, uh, we took, like, a recruit coaching picture, um they called it, and then uh, we, we got water bottles or water balloons, I should say, and water guns, and then, as I said, three, we, we started throwing water bottles or water balloons and water guns, um, scoring all the coaches with all that stuff, so that was pretty fun, but it was really good just to interact with all the guys, and obviously, we had a couple of commits that were there, and there was a couple of silent commits that were there, too, so it was really good just to see all the guys again, um, especially the players, they were all there, too, and just interact with everyone, especially like Coach Coach Beamer keeps saying. It's just a start um, of something great, and it's true. I mean, the amount of people that we had at that at that cookout, amount of five star, four star, three star kids, it was crazy. Um, and if we get all those kids, or most of those kids that were there, we're gonna have really, really good shot of uh, being a great team.
1: We don't want you to give away your secrets because you're you're privy to some things that others aren't. But give us give us a little bit of a rundown, maybe of of some of the guys that whether it's at the cookout or just text and DM and some guys, who are some of the guys that you're trying to help target you and Pup, whether it's the 23 class, the 24 class, and, you know, where you think things stand and what the game coach chances are with those guys.
0: Yeah. I think there's a bunch that are really close. Um, obviously tree, he's really close. Um, I think he's going to make this decision pretty soon. Um, then I'll go off my class, Cam Pringle, Mazia um, Bennett, Josiah Thompson. Um, there's a couple others in my class too, that are all, all my top priorities right now, especially them being all South Carolina kids and having them stay home, um, it's going to be really huge for us. And there's a bunch of other people. Um, I don't want to say any names or anything like that, but there's a couple of positions. Um, he's a really good athlete. Um, I'll give you guys that. Um, there's another alignment. lineman. Um, there's two DNs. ends. Um, what else we got? We got a couple receivers and then another athlete. Um, so all in the 23 class. But those all guys, they're pretty close. Um, it's just a matter of time to when they. They want to do it. Um, they're all going to do it the right way. So, and, and whatever they want to do.
2: You guys sort of teamed up for it. What seemed like a big push for for Big Tree uh, <laughs> on, on Friday. Who um, who sort of spearheaded, kind of just making that happen, and who who had the best edit? Was it you? I mean, I think you. Did you have the one of Beamer holding up um, the tree? I yeah. Guess had had the tree planted at Williams Bryce uh those have been fun man who was sort of the the ring on all that
0: yeah so um that's a funny story so pup he was actually the one that tweeted it out he texted me he's like i'm gonna tweet this out i was like how would you make that um he sent me a he sent me like a video of how he made it and i was like i don't know how to do that <laughs> so he made me the one of actually coach beamer holding the tree um so he actually made both those edits and he let me post that one so it was all pup i'll give pup all the credit to those two um but no they're obviously great and um, I think Tree, Tree knows where the love is at. So um, that's all we're going to keep doing until he makes a decision.
1: You, uh, you know, you, you post a lot of workout videos too. Uh, Wes, I know we might want to take it back to the cookout and recruiting, but just to get a little bit on, on just your game, you know, you, you post a lot of your field work, throwing the ball around. Uh, what do you have planned here before your 2022 season as far as, you know, what you're kind of working on, honing in on, on the field?
0: Yeah, I think a big thing for me, um, obviously coming off a great season we had last year winning our first championship ever in school history, um, just another thing for me is just getting back to work with the guys and getting more in the film room, um, getting more developed in my body. Um, I think I'm 195 pounds right now, and by the time I'll be at South Carolina, I'll probably 200 to 205, um, especially playing the SEC, or you're going to need that, a little extra weight. Um, so just doing all that stuff, um, just getting my mind ready, um, my body ready, and just Really developed a good relationship with my guys that have in my team right now. Um, a bunch of us just committed. Um, we had a running back commit to Wake Forest yesterday, and one of our offensive tackles committed to Alabama the other day too. So um, it's just getting to get to know those guys a little better, um, developing that relationship with them, and obviously the field work, um, just my release, and just trying to get my arm ready for camp season because um, so I will be throwing it almost every single day during that.
2: Yeah, Dante, that, that's a. It kind of brings up another point. A bunch of your teammates, as you said, committing to other places too. How important was it, uh, you know, for you personally and and maybe in the case of your teammates as well uh, to go ahead and just kind of get the decision out of the way? um, Both maybe from a standpoint of doing what you're doing right now, recruiting some other guys to join you at South Carolina, but also the other side that allows you to focus on your current season, you know, on your season after that as well. And maybe not have to deal quite as much with everything that goes along with being that like uncommitted guy with coaches calling you like all the time, I, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, last year um, it was kind of like a bunch of us. We all went through the recruiting process or the thick of it last year during our season. Um, I think our offensive tackle loss, he blew up during the season, um, so all of us we kind of just we kind of knew what that was like last year and how much time that really took away from football and phone calls and texts and all that stuff. Um, so we, we all sat together and there's a couple kids in my class that are are not committed right now, but most of the 23s that we have on our team are committed. Um, So that's a huge thing for us. And obviously, um, them and me being a leader um, on the team and just not having to worry about the whole recruiting process. And obviously, recruiting for college is another huge thing that we're all doing separately for our colleges. But um, at the end of the day, we're all teammates. Um, So just us being able to focus on our team and our season is going to be another huge thing for us.
1: Now, Dante, I know that at your school, you mentioned some of the guys you have in your 23 class. You guys have some young ones, too, in your class and beyond, right? Can you give us uh, any sense of maybe some of those guys, if South Carolina may be involved? And if so, if you're going to be helping out trying to get those guys to Columbia, too.
0: Yeah, so we have two DNs in my class, um, Jacob and Gerard Smith. They're like, I think, one and two DNs in the country, um, or maybe top top five, top ten. Um, but, no, they're really good players. They're also playing the Under Armour All-American game that I'm playing in. So we all committed to that actually on the same day, which is pretty cool. But, no, they're very good players, um, especially them being up north. There's not, a, <laughs> there's not a lot of people that can block them in our league. So they're really good. We have a safety who um, was at Penn State yesterday um, in my class. He's a very good player. And then we have a 2025 um, receiver who's coming in this year. He has Kentucky, Ole Miss, a bunch of offers. Um, so those guys kind of like the young, younger kids are in my grade. Um, that
2: we're kind of looking at, Dante. We actually we had a good question come in from one of the fans. I, I don't know if I've ever seen you ask this. Um, what type of system um, do you guys run there at your school, and maybe how does it compare to what you'll be doing when you get to South Carolina? Um, is there much carryover? Is it a little bit different? Uh, how would you kind of answer that? From a really good question from a fan.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean we um, we're kind of a uh, let's uh, say. Pro style, um, We need when we need to go under center, we will. Um, and obviously, South Carolina, they do a bunch of under center stuff, play action, um, RPO game. Um, our passing game is pretty similar. Um, our head coach, he actually just came from a – he was offense coordinator at Amherst College um, up here in Massachusetts. So he's a really good offensive-minded guy. But a bunch of the stuff that we do um, is based off of college offenses. So whatever we do is going to translate or help me translate um, South Carolina.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that when you get to talk with Marcus Satterfield, Shane Beamer, uh, even some of the current guys on the team. You know, what are they telling you about the offense and then what you, you know, what what you need to expect and what you need to get ready for in terms of transitioning to that level? What are they saying about how they've adjusted to the offense?
0: Yeah, I think um, a big thing for them is this year they're going to be really explosive. Um, They have a bunch of playmakers outside. Um, they have a really good backfield, obviously, at Spencer, too. So um, just being able to have that um, in my back pocket and all those guys around me, um, just distributing the ball to them and keeping the ball on our side of the field is another huge thing that you got to do in college.
2: Dante, man, I know you said you had a lot going on, man, so we're going to let you get out of here. But um, we appreciate the time, dude. Uh, fi- final question for you, What, what, um, what, what is kind of next? I guess are you going to be able to get down here maybe for a game during the season? I'm sure you'd want to try to make that happen when you can with your schedule. Um, what's going to be going on with you? Just you know, the next couple of months. What's kind of the next step in all this for you?
0: Yeah, I think obviously, is number one is just recruiting, um, recruiting, keep recruiting, do the doing that on Twitter, social media, facetiming guys, and all that stuff. But um, obviously, getting ready for my season is going to be another huge thing. And we don't we don't start till our first game is September fourteenth, I think, or twenty fourth. Um, so we, I think, I'm going to try and get down there for the Georgia game. Um, so me and my family might make that down.
2: Awesome. Dante, like I said, man, we appreciate you taking the time. Keep doing your thing, man, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay?
0: Awesome. Thank you guys for having me.
2: Yep. Thanks, Dante. No doubt, man. That's Dante Reno, South Carolina quarterback. Commit. Appreciate him taking the time. Um, not that it was a surprise at all, Chris, but, I mean, dude, quite obvious. The leadership, um, the natural leadership skills, natural communication skills, um, easy to see we, we honestly it would have been interesting to have him on for the full hour and just talk ball um when he initially said he could come on he, he said he had a sounded like he had a lot going on this afternoon so we wanted to be aware of uh his time commitments that are out there but dude uh no doubt uh just a sharp sharp dude huh
1: yeah he is and um that's definitely carried over to like he said recruiting dante man he he might have I don't know if he wants to get into college coaching, but he certainly likes recruiting. He he loves it. He's all about it. And so you see on social media, he's constantly, you know, advocating for Carolina. Um, Being a parent can be really challenging. keeping fans up to date on things. He obviously is in the know on, on a lot of things Wes. and well, he threw out some numbers there uh, on some guys that he thinks that they're getting without going into too much detail and um, dropped a few hints. So if, if like he said, Carolina could close on some of those guys, that would, that would make for a very interesting class. I think I was trying to be
2: somewhat easy on not, not completely putting him on the spot about guys, (laughs) right? Um, and not putting him in a position where he accidentally says something and kind of, you know, gives it away for a kid. But also, I was curious to hear what he had to say, too. I mean, he he and Pup, um, you know, not, and not that it's just them. I'm not going to – like, we're not trying to downplay what any of the other kids are doing as well. So, you know, Zabari Sandy, Trevon Ball are two guys early on who were really recruiting well and hard for South Carolina. But um, he's he's involved. You know, and I've had people who don't really follow recruiting closely ask me, like, hey, you know, does this always happen? Do you have to have this? Um, Chris, I can remember classes for South Carolina where they had guys that are really dialed in to recruiting and being open to doing that and wanting to. It takes effort, it takes energy, it's a time commitment. Um, Bryson Allen Williams, uh, you know, I I mean, I remember the, the effort he put into it. I also can remember classes where, most of the guys, even if they were solidly committed, they just sort of did their own thing. And, you know, I'm sure they made friends of other guys who were committed. Maybe they made friends with some, you know, a target that's at their position group, something like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think with Dante, you know, and, and certainly with Pup as well, Pup Howard, those who don't really follow it closely, that's Grayson Howard, a four-star linebacker committed to South Carolina. Um, affectionately known as Pup. He, you know, these two kids care and they are committed to just keeping up with it enough to know who the top targets are to build those relationships and um, they're just dialed in that's the that's the best way I know to say it
1: yeah and you know guys in your class and for these schools guys in your class and guys on campus I mean those are your greatest advocates I mean yeah it's to some degree about coaches and their relationships but players and their families, they ask questions. And so they want to know what's real and what's not. And so they're going to talk to other recruits out there and kind of get the landscape of different schools. They're going to get the the real takes from prospects committed to a particular school. And then when they go on campus, they're going to want to talk most of the time to the guys that have been in the program and have gone through a season and have gone through workouts and have gone through a recruiting process to, are they hearing something from a coach and then when they get on campus it's different we've seen that at some schools where it's kind of falling apart a little bit is they'll bring in some recruits those recruits will talk to the current players and they don't hear very good things that tends to hamper your recruiting efforts so I think you know when you kind of take the pulse of this program the players on campus we've seen some of this you know the camaraderie and the happiness level and all that, it's, it's pretty high right now. Morale is high. And then you've got some guys in the class like Pup and like Dante who are advocating as well in two different classes at this time. That that tends to help you.
2: Definitely, man. And I, I think um, people would be surprised some of the stuff you hear over the years at schools where things have kind of just – that that all-important, that buzzword – that is easy to say but not necessarily easy to implement, culture. Um, It does matter. It it truly does matter. So, um, you know, I I think South Carolina has a really good thing going right now. Um, They have momentum. I think they have momentum from a short-term standpoint, like the last couple months. They have some momentum from a long-term, big-picture standpoint. Really, really good offseason. That doesn't mean that you've landed every recruit you're never going to doesn't mean that everything is going perfect. You know, you're going to have adversity. But all in all, an excellent offseason for South Carolina. And we talked about – I don't want to dive all the way back into this, man. But this is the new – this is the new schedule for college football recruiting. It's June and July, and it's a lot of June. Then it's a break for most of July. About three-fourths of July is dead. And then you have this one final push. And you want for that final push in a perfect world – to push you on over into preseason camp. And that's exactly what has happened here. South Carolina reports on Thursday, first preseason practice on Friday. We've got a ton to preview. I feel like going into that, man. Um, GC Live is back. We're going to – you're going to be seeing a lot more of us as opposed to the once a week or twice a week that we kind of got into in the offseason. Um, so we'll have plenty of time to dive into the team storylines and all that. Um before we get into that later in the week, I want to dive in to specifics. Like, let's let's hit on these prospects that Carolina landed, what it means for them, and um, what type of players South Carolina's gotten. So, just in the last weekend, like going back to Friday, um, you have Carl Hobbs committing to South Carolina, um, Carson Hobbs committing to South Carolina, 2024 kid. You have uh, Jatavius Shavers, um, offensive lineman. You have Montague Rams, You have Markey Anderson, um, all committed to the Gamecocks. Now, so let's start with. Let's go in reverse. Let's start with yesterday. Markey Anderson, um, the first ever that I've seen pancake syrup announcement to the Gamecocks. Um, let's not. Let's not talk about the fluff and the syrup and. All that stuff. Let's talk about the recruiting win and the player. Um, what are the Gamecocks getting in Marky Anderson, in your opinion, Chris Clark?
1: Well, the first thing that stood out is this. Just the recruiting win aspect of it, if I can talk about that for a second. So, Marky Anderson goes to Dorman. It, it almost reminds me a little bit, you know, Jordan Birch, right? Jordan Birch was originally from Florence. He goes to Hammond school right down the road. But there was this notion that Carolina, for some reason, was not going to get Jordan Birch. He was going to go to Clump Center. he's going to go somewhere, wherever. And until it happened, some people just didn't believe it. Little different with Marquis, but you, you saw the storyline. Well, he's from Dorman. There's no way he'll go to Carolina. And that was probably more so than the Birch thing, a little bit more grounded in reality, right? Because if you look at the history of Dorman, it has not been incredibly kind to South Carolina for a variety of, look, you know, for instance, a lot of Clemson ties there with uh, Jordan McFadden, Brandon Thomas, Adam Humphrey, Sharon Peak. You know, uh, Carolina hasn't really gotten made a lot of hay at Dorman, but things have changed a little bit. Markey and his family, not like locked in growing up Clemson, right? And so I think all that helped, and Carolina did a really good job throughout very early prioritizing uh anderson and so um just the relationships there i think that the the staff built with him and his family that trust level that helped a lot they're getting a kid who's a good kid he's versatile i think i kind of like him more inside but he can probably play inside or outside he's been a good player at one of the state's best programs for you know quite a while
2: yeah i um I, i was trying to figure out um the last player South Carolina landed from Dorman as a as a recruit, like not um, not that walk ons don't matter, they do matter. But you know what I'm saying? That yeah. you signed a scholarship, you recruited and signed a scholarship player from Dorman. Um, I you know who is. It, too.
1: I think I think I do. I think I'm be embarrassingly wrong. I hope. I won't well, I,
2: I could be wrong too. But, I, I um, think
1: it's Michael Belcher, and then. I think before that was Kendrick Lynch. Are
2: those right? I I had it as Michael Belcher. That was who I had in a, I'll be honest, a very quick, like, look back through some classes. Right. Um, That's who I had it as, as well. And uh, he was a... 05, I think. Yeah, class of 05. Yeah. Committed to South Carolina July 21st, 2004. Yep. As a two-star prospect.
1: Yep. So, wow. It's been a <laughs> while. It's been a while, you know, and and Dorman has produced at varying levels. You know, a lot of prospects, they're a really good program. And Dave Gutshaw, the legendary coach who retired not too long ago, I mean, they produced a ton of talent. And they had several offensive linemen, you know, that uh, ended up going to Clemson. But, yeah, Carolina just hasn't, hasn't really done much there. And so this bucked that trend. Which is nice, but even nicer is the actual player you're getting, and it's an in-state player. So now South Carolina is set up to where, you know, I think we were talking about this earlier today, Wes. It's not like there, there's probably not ten like great prospects in the state this year, like difference makers. But there's maybe what five, six, something like that. You know, the top, the top half is is pretty darn good. You, they're definitely not going to get all of those because they're not going to get Monroe Freeling, but they may get most of them. And when your state is not super deep, that's what you need to do. If you're South Carolina, you need to be able to go out and sign those top level guys and then maybe take a couple guys that maybe they're more developmental, but they turn out to be really good players from your state. And so they've, they've done a nice job with Anderson, Rams, um, and they got a chance to get more, obviously.
2: Yeah, man. And I think, um, Chris, o a position you can, if you're if you're really good at developing, if you have a really great strength and conditioning program and you're really good at evaluating, and you have a coach that'll let you take a bunch of guys each class, you can some I feel like you can sometimes get away. You can put together a decent offensive line without having that four or five star guys across the board. However, does it always make life a little bit easier when you're getting the guys that sort of have it all? And not that, you know, four-star kids, There there's a difference between a four-star and a five-star on paper. But I, I think when you look at marquee, man, I mean, you look at the offer list, um, you look at the size, you look at the movement ability at that size, look at the fact you're talking about four O kid GPA-wise. Um, smart kid, smart family, well put together, just – Total package mentally, physically cares about the game, cares about his teammates. Um, th- I was about to say there's a lot to like here, but that is your line, so I <laughs> won't steal it. But, but, but seriously, um, yeah, it's it, it seems like at you know, I if Caroline ends up with the class that I think they're gonna have on the O line, it's been a while since they've been able to bring in a class with the quality and quantity that they're going to bring in on this O-line class. Um, and and Marquis right up there at the top, if you add, now, if you add Babalade to it, there's, there's a conversation about who the best uh, best prospect is in that O-line class. If They do that yeah. but right now. Marquis sits atop the South Carolina recruiting class as the most highly rated, highly ranked kid in this class, number two prospect in South Carolina, um, there is something to be said for getting true blue chip guys on the offensive line.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we would have to go back. I, I don't have all those classes in my head right now, but you know, the class that had that was pretty top heavy and ended up being pretty prospect heavy was what AJ Ken's class, so 2010 that had AJ Can. Uh, Cody Gibson, who ended up being kind of that tight end slash O-lineman, but he ended up being a good player. Uh, Corey Robinson, right, in that class. So um, Ronald Patrick, I think, was in that class. But, yeah, I mean, Markey, again, like you said, this is a guy that he's a really good player right now in high school, and then he still has upside to develop, you know, into a quality prospect as well. He's just one of those really solid prospects where – I don't think he has a very – like his floor is still high, you know, I think, where he can turn out to be a really, really solid player for you and he could turn into something more. So really quality get for South Carolina. This is – you know, the 23 and 24 classes for Shane Beamer and his staff, these are the classes that you've been building towards. 21 doesn't really count. You're putting it together during COVID. You can't even have guys visit your campus. 22, it's a brand-new staff. You're getting a bunch of guys on campus for the very first time. You know, you're coming off a year that, you know, South Carolina's done much the past couple of years. So 23 and 24 is what you're really building towards from a relationship standpoint. And I think Anderson's a guy that is kind of the payoff, the, the fruits of that labor, if you will, for this staff. Definitely, man. And uh, as you see, if
2: you're watching the video version right now, you see him uh, – putting that Gamecock uh, syrup bottle um, on his pancakes with one of the most unique um, announcements that you'll ever see. But uh, good stuff from Marquee And had, had a good comment here, man, um, that I think speaks to what you're talking about too with the floor. Um, somebody said they thought he could make an elite center. And, um, you know, I, I do think to, uh, to that person's point, this is somebody who could actually end up being um, – very versatile in what position he could end up playing. Um, There was talk. I I was listening to him talk to some other folks um, that were asking him, you know, some questions about the future at South Carolina and tackle is still a possibility, but playing inside, playing in the interior is a possibility. And I kind of look at center. It's like, all right, you know, he's a smart kid. Like, you know, he can handle the mental aspects of center. So if it didn't work out at guard or tackle, or if you just needed a guy, especially early in his career, to slide in there, I, I hadn't really thought about it until I saw that comment, but I think it would um, it would make sense uh, that that's at least an option for him down the road. So you, you got some versatility there, which is always good, and I, I think w- when there's versatility, that to me keeps kind of raising the floor a little bit for a prospect because it means if it doesn't work out at one spot, there's always that option to slide him over and play him somewhere else. So, again, great get for the Gamecocks. One final note. We mentioned this on 107.5 today, man. But, Chris, I thought it was interesting when Marquis said that um, when he would go on other visits, coaches or recruiting personnel people, he didn't s- specify, but he said he went on other visits and people would talk up Greg Adkins to him. So, that meant a lot to him like that caught his attention as a kid who went into it with an open mind as someone um who I I think really took a thorough sort of walk through the recruiting process um that said something to him but I, I think it I think it says something to me as well that was very interesting
1: yeah it was I mean Greg Adkins has been around what last year was what year 30 I think for him in the in the coaching industry and he but he's still a you know, relatively young coach. He's just been coaching for a really long time, so lots of experience. Um, he he did a really good job there. Sam survey in, in the recruiting office, player personnel, uh, did did a great job there. As as did Shane Beamer. So um, certainly, look. I mean, that that's the type of thing you've got. Different types of programs, different appeals, and so for South Carolina. We've talked about this a lot, Wes. You got to do something a little different sometimes. Um, If you've got a school that doesn't have the trophy case of others or the accolades of others, it's not always wise to just be a cookie cutter and and copy other things at places that have that. Sometimes you got to be a little bit different. And I think one thing that Shane Beamer has at least been on a mission to do And he's genuine about it, but on a mission to do is to try to set a culture that is a little bit different. That's more real and more genuine. And he talks about it all the time and to their credit prospects and their families talk about it a lot too. It's not just one of those buzzwords that we write about in recruiting stories when we're quoting kids. Um, It actually seems real. And so for someone like Anderson You know, when you hire coaches that other coaches think highly of to where they don't can't say anything bad about them and things like that, you know, that that can help your cause.
2: Definitely, man. And by the way, another note that I don't know if I've seen this out there much, but um, Marquis is planning to be a December grad and early enrollee at South Carolina. So you want to play early, especially on the offensive line getting that extra semester, getting that extra semester on the field in the extra semester in the weight room, which is a big key as well. Um, spring practice can be massive for a guy, so Marquee will have that coming up at South Carolina. That's the plan right now. Anyway, um, all right, let's go back through these other guys. Uh, Jatavius Shivers. Um, a surprise, not that he picked South Carolina, Chris, maybe a bit of a surprise in the timing. Um, this is a kid that, Actually, had already silently committed to South Carolina. He was the welcome home. I didn't even go back and look, man. I could, everything has run together. That was that was a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. Um, basically, it was uh, it was after it was after everything had sort of calmed down. It was right after camp season, I, I think. And um, so Shivers had made a early what you would say was a surprise commit to Vanderbilt. That came kind of out of nowhere. He took an official there, but nobody thought he was going to end up there. Um, Dexter chiming in uh, July 11th. Uh, thank you, Dexter. And um, we're just going to trust you on that, man. But the the thing here was he had committed to South Carolina, given the verbal commitment. It was going to be a couple of months from what we heard. But then um, I know he was an expected guest at the cookout on Friday. I never actually was told if he made it in or not. I'm assuming he did. Yeah, I know he went to the prior cookout. And um, it seems like he just like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and and go public with this thing. Auburn most recently offered. I think Auburn thought possibly they were going to be in it. They were going to have a shot here. But um, Chris, a true – the thing I think of with him – this is one of those true tackle prospects. You look at the frame, listed six seven, massive kid, um, true tackle. Probably don't want to put the responsibility of saying, "Hey, you got to come in and play early" or anything like that. But uh, I think someone that'll come in be able to add some some muscle and um, a- and go from there.
1: Yeah, he, I, I don't think this is a, a year one freshman player like in a significant role which is fine on the offensive line you know this isn't a skill position or even quarterback where you see that happen more defensive back but you know this is someone that you look at the traits the physical tools and we've seen some guys like that at South Carolina develop I mean I mentioned Corey Robinson earlier that's that's case in point that's the best possible example that I can think of as a guy that you just take with a big sometimes raw kid that just has traits like size and movement ability and, and length, sometimes things that you just can't teach that a guy's just born with, and you're able to, to bring him in and develop him and really teach him how to play the position. You know, when you look at Shivers on film, it definitely stands out that he has that size playing tackle, but they'll ask him in his high school scheme to get out and move around and pull, and he's able to get his hands on people. And once he cleans the technique up, once he gets stronger, You know, functionally, once he, um, you know, just continues learning the game and developing, you know, he does have some traits that I think are – you're just naturally born with. And so, uh, offensive line, as we know, developmental position. So, maybe not, like, the player right now in high school that a Markey Anderson is, but has, you know, a high ceiling, I think. Yeah,
2: man, and you watch some of this film, the ability for a kid his size to just, like, be out in space pulling, um, you know – very – just very good athleticism, light on his feet. Um, A kid that, again, I, I think will, will have every opportunity to come in and develop in this program. And, and that South Carolina really liked. Like, again, they knew they were going to take five, six guys on the offensive line. They offered him – um, I believe that was back in the spring. And just um, – he quickly became a guy that we were telling people, hey, this is someone to keep an eye on, someone to watch. And uh, they land him. And, uh, again, big class when it comes to quantity and quality, it appears – for South Carolina. Um, let's see, you want to talk about Montague Rames, Chris? I have argued. Let's do it. I have argued that he may have been the most important target in the South Carolina class. Um there there may be another guy or two that can be in the conversation. But tell me, am I right or wrong in my thought process that of every major target South Carolina was going after, I thought you could make a strong argument that Montesquieu was the most important.
1: No, I'm with you because, um, you know, I I think, didn't we agree that we don't really do the must get prospect thing?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're we're not, we're not team must get. We're
1: not team must get hashtag, but look, if, if there is, if you subscribe to such things, he would be in that category. Um again if you don't get Monica Rames, you don't just say ah, well, that's it. Shut the program down, right? Like that's the must get thing. But it it is the like perfect, you know, marriage between like the need and the kind of availability. This is a guy that is right down the road at Sumter. He's one of the better Russians in the Southeast and a nationally ranked guy with national, a national offer list. And he plays a position that's not only a need position for your conference, but especially for this team. You got Jordan Strong in his last year. Jordan Burch is now a junior. You have some guys that, you know, are still developing under those guys that are going to have to take a step forward for the future. And you missed out on some targets last year. You know, two big targets when you look at James Pierce, who signed with Tennessee, Jay Sean Barham flipping to Maryland, who was committed to you at one point. You know, it's, it was very important for South Carolina to to use this 2023 class to find some guys, wherever they may come from, high school, junior college, transfer portal. Maybe we end up seeing a transfer portal rush in. It's probably a good idea if they can find one. But this is a guy that is in your backyard, in-state, who can play and plays a position to need. So I, I can definitely subscribe to your theory on that. Yeah,
2: and, man, I, I think you look – um, He's a true edge guy all the way. Like he's a defensive end. He's a pass rusher. They move him around a little bit. They line him up at three tech a little bit in, in high school. Um, But I, I was talking to a buddy of mine who follows football as close as anybody. And he was like, he's like, dude, this kid looks like pretty well coached for a, uh, you know, a big time high school football player. A lot of your athletic edge types are just flying by people based on length and first step alone. And, um, You know, you think about it, the Sumter High and that staff, like they put out defensive lineman after defensive lineman after defensive lineman. So you know you're getting a guy that's going to be pretty well coached already. And um, I I was talking to somebody involved, uh, you know, around South Carolina. And even as a four-star kid, even as uh, I believe on three or the consensus has him as number four prospect in the state of South Carolina, there's a sense I get is that South Carolina basically thinks he's underrated, even as uh, as highly regarded as he is right now. You know, he's I think he's a thirty eight edge prospect in the country. I mean, he's still a four star, but that's it's hard for me to believe. Watching like just even looking at this film and seeing the way the kid looks in person off the hoof from a physical standpoint, hard for me to believe. There's thirty seven rising senior football players. In America, that are better prospects than, than Montague <laughs> Rams. I mean, you, dude, you've seen him. This guy looks like he is in college already.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. You mentioned that during the the takeover uh, earlier today on 107.5. That, man, I mean, if you you walked in the facility, like say you're in there this summer and you've got, you know, kind of game cut football players commingled with like some recruits. And if Rams is there, you're like, there's a, a junior in college, you know, not a junior in high school. Um, he, he's pretty physically developed guy. You see on the film he's he's not only got size, but he has some, some twitch and athleticism to him as well. So definitely a, a significant get for South Carolina, another guy that they were in on early. And we've been tracking him for quite a while, Wes. I mean, I remember talking to some folks in Sumter, and this is when they had, you know, Justice Boone in the 21 class, Dalvin Jackson in the 22 class who signed with NC state and Rames kind of back to back to back. And they were all on the same team and we were hearing some talk even then. So I guess Rames was probably a freshman or coming off his freshman year where people were saying this, this is going to be the best of those guys. He's probably already the best prospect on the team. And and certainly as his, his recruitment continued that trajectory to where he started picking up, you know, national level offers.
2: Yeah, and a minute ago, man, you said if you walked into the facility and he happened to be there. Well, if you just walked into the facility randomly. <laughs> he was probably there. There's like a 50% chance that Montague Rams was going to be there. I mean, that that's kind of – I never really thought any other team, school, coaches, whatever, how you want to say it, really pushed South Carolina here. Like, it, it yeah. seemed like he was going to end up with the Gamecocks. And it was because it didn't matter – if it was a camp last year, if it was a game, if it was a junior day, if it, you know, cookouts that, I mean, this kid was coming. Like he, he, he went through the entire process with South Carolina. And uh, I mean, we'd be at camp this, this past, uh, you know, in June, Chris and I would be sitting there and we'd be like, who, who's that guy walking in? And then they get a little bit closer. Oh, Oh, that's Montague Rams. Like, I mean, he would just show up. So
1: yeah.
2: I, I think the guy's been a Gamecock for a while. Um, still a great, you know, great for South Carolina to get him. Good win for Sterling Lucas, his first uh, major recruiting battle win. And as a first-year head coach, I'm sure he'll remember this one for a long time. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, dude, I, I think as far as the recruiting side of it, not the on-field side of it, um, not a huge surprise here by any means that the Gamecocks end up landing Montague Rams.
1: Yeah, not a huge surprise at all. But, it, you know, you got to close out that process. And so it may be easy to say, ah, oh, well, that that was kind of in the bag. And I don't think these days you ever <laughs> take that for granted. So uh, that is one angle I thought of is that Sterling Lucas. You know, we've heard a lot of really positive returns on him, West since he got to South Carolina. Um, the, Like the coaching um, acumen – I don't think was ever really questioned by anybody. He was a really good, co- you know, good high school player, good college player has coached under some really good coaches in the NFL and learned a lot of things, but people wondered how would it translate to the recruiting trail and in, in, at the college level? Cause he never really has had to do that. Um, so far, so good. I think just based on, you know, returns that we've heard not only in the Rams recruitment, but just how he's handled himself on the trail, keeping after kids, And there's more work to be done, certainly, uh, at the edge position in this cycle and beyond.
2: Definitely, man. All right. So before we close this thing
1: out, I got to tell everybody
2: about our other newest sponsor, uh, Liberty Tax. Right here in Columbia, you can overcome your taxiety. 803-462-5576. Give our friend Larry over there a call. Uh, The 2022 tax deadline has, of course, long passed. But the tax team at Liberty Tax is still helping you out. You need to file an extension. Hopefully not at this point. Hopefully you've already handled all that. But if you do, they do have locations open Monday through Friday. If you own a small business, you need advice. If you need bookkeeping and payroll services for LLCs, S-Corps, C-Corps, or if you unfortunately owe money to the IRS, you can meet with a local professional over there as opposed to having to call a 1-800 number at 952 at night. So new location at 551 St. Andrews Road. They also have a Lexington office that's by the Dunkin' Donuts. That's on South Lake Drive and an Irmo office by Kroger at 7467 St. Andrews Road. Again, that's 803-462-5576. Chris, um, state of South Carolina recruiting. Somebody asked earlier about uh, Monroe Freeling. Gamecocks uh, tried to be a factor there for a while. It never really just kind of took. Sometimes it just doesn't click. Um, Other than him, you know, you look at sort of you look at their their targets off top in the state. Markey Anderson, Montague Reims, Xavier McLeod. Those are the three guys, it feels like, from the very beginning of this class that South Carolina circled and has wanted. Now they've gotten two out of the three. And McLeod keeps hinting, decision could come soon. Top three could come soon. Um... If they could land him, we'll talk about his recruitment here momentarily. Three out of four ain't bad.
1: Yeah, that that would be good. I mean, Freeling, I mean, he's a great prospect. You know, he's one that South Carolina would love to have, but uh, it it, it has not worked out. I I think, again, you look at the overall ratio and rate, and if you've got four or five guys in state that you really want, if you get them all, that's – if you get them all or close to all, that's what you can ask for in the state. Now, the other thing that that means is, if you've only got four or five guys in the state that you land who are really, and you want them to be really, really good prospects, which we think you know these guys are, you got to go do great work out of the state as well. And so um, that's what we saw at South Carolina's, you know, at their at their height under Steve Spurrier, thirty-three and six, Clemson streak, all that. They had a run of very good in-state talent at the top that they got, and then they went out of state and filled it as well. And so that's how they're going to have to do things here um, under Shane Beamer. You know, there's not 23 and 24. There's not 10 prospects in each of those classes, but they need to go for the most part and get the ones that they want uh, that are difference-making type prospects.
2: Definitely, man. McLeod saying he's going to put out his top three. Um, South Carolina – I mean, you can you can make a firm bet. South Carolina will make the final three. Georgia will make the final three. Um, I'll tell you who the dark horse is to make the final three. I don't know if as many people have been talking about him, but it's Florida. Um, you know, I know he took an official to LSU. Um, you know, Michigan has been mentioned. Uh, he went all the way out to A&M, had a really good trip out there. But... um the, the dark horse there for the top 3 I think is is Florida but I think this is ultimately a South Carolina Georgia battle I think the Gamecocks win it and I still think there's a decent chance he go you know goes ahead and commits um, here pretty soon and gets it over with before um you know his senior season gets rolling so we'll keep an eye on that if they land uh, McLeod, that would be three of the top four in the state as far as um, the consensus rankings out there. Um, the other kid, a little bit of a surprise, man, Carson Hobbs. Um, sorry, Carson, I called you Carl earlier. Carson Hobbs, class of 2024. Um, when I first started doing this, man, I, w- I would get so annoyed when, um, I'd like listen to the radio or something and somebody would like call somebody the wrong name. Um, like, what is this moron doing? And, uh, Then you get so many names in your head over the years. And the older you get, sometimes your brain just sends the wrong one out there. So, (laughs) Carson Hobbs, 2024 DB, from Cincinnati, Ohio. You want to talk about South Carolina landing, guys? When's the last time since they got somebody from Dorman? What about when's the last time they got somebody out of Ohio? Um, This one came a little bit out of nowhere just as far as like a 2024 dude going ahead and just saying, look, I'm happy. This is where I want to be. I'm comfortable. Let's do it. But he told me, Chris, he wants to start the trend of Ohio to South Carolina. Um, As someone on our board pointed out, there's some some people in Hilton Head that are well ahead of you there, Carson. Um, That is awesome. But (laughs) as far as prospects go, and football players, this would be a new trend. Um, it would be. What do you think, man? Can is that realistic? Can the Gamecocks? I mean, we see them. We see them getting people. Um, I mean, where where's Dante originally from? Massachusetts. Um, his his yeah. hometown on 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 three is listed as Fistdale, Mass. Mass. Yep. Right. So I mean, you you got South Carolina getting guys out of Delaware. Um, the northeast has been open, but uh, is is like that area of the country open as well as Ohio, Kentucky? Like,
1: well, Holt, you know, Holtz did some recruiting in Ohio, and there are several guys that I can't think of. Ryan Brewer, I did think of, obviously being from Ohio. There's a few others that like I'm just totally blanking on. There was an uh, there was an offensive lineman. Um, there, there's a few guys, right, from Ohio. So I would say, yeah, possibly. You know, when, when you look at Ohio, you're always going to have, obviously, Ohio State, some of the Midwest schools. I'll tell you who's done really well, and obviously geography plays into this, but Kentucky has done a great job in, in Ohio going and getting some talent out of that state. But
2: they're – A little bit easier for them.
1: <laughs> what's the – it's a little bit easier for them though. Oh, right. That's what I'm saying. Geography comes into it is a lot easier, I would say. Um, but there's some players to be had there. And so again, you know, <laughs> South Carolina, that's awesome, Travis. So South Carolina, they are going to have to go into different states. And, you know, so the DMV area is going to be huge for them. We know that Beamer and Pete Limbo, they're going to do some work in the Northeast. They're not, they're probably not going to go get, 10 prospects from Florida every year it just doesn't look like that I mean if that happened okay great if they're good players but they're gonna have to you know cherry pick a guy here two guys here three guys here from different regions to be able to make it work I think and that's a way that you can build your profile get some guys that maybe they want to leave the state or they just happen to visit and they like what you've got going on Carson Hobbs might be that type of guy maybe that opens the door for some other guys in the future so,
2: Chris, um, Carson Hobbs, I dare say, is going to be a Gamecock fan favorite in terms of interviews and personality and stuff like this. A lot to like about this kid, man. I already interviewed him. Kendall interviewed him. Go check out her video on Gamecock Central. Of course, it's on our YouTube page as well where you can get to know Carson. She did a great a great job with that, as she always does. But, Chris, um, Carson, sharp kid. He's young, but... Mature beyond his years. And um, he brought facts to the table. He already knew the last time South Carolina had landed a scholarship guy, recruited athlete for football, out of Ohio. Um, And I'm assuming that he's correct. I did some, you know, a little bit of research. Couldn't be bothered to go back and look at every single class, to be honest with y'all. But... Do you know have you already read this or do you want to take a guess what year? I won't even make you ask the answer the player.
1: No, I, I I didn't go back and look, which I kind of feel bad about, but give me a pass. There's a lot going on. Um the year. I feel like I'm gonna miss somebody so obvious that it's gonna just tick me off. I don't know. I'll say I'll say uh oh five. Very, very close. 04 was it I can't think of his last name Stephen something
2: <laughs> no, no no um well i'm i'm about to i'm about to butcher his last name okay but um matter of fact I think i'm having um what what's it called the Mandela effect when you like remember something differently yep i i remember i think I remember this guy. <laughs> But I remember their name being different.
1: I think um, I remember him. That's awesome.
2: But uh, Evan Spanogians.
1: Okay,
2: I, I remembered him as Evan Spagnolio. Um, in my brain, but S P A N O G I A N S, um, completely butchered. But he's from Westchester, Ohio, um, Lakota West high school. Committed to the Gamecocks January 26th, 2004. A very late addition to the 2004 class for South Carolina.
1: Can you please go back and find the guy that I'm talking about? There's an offensive lineman. I thought this was him, and you
2: just had the names wrong, is just, it
1: not? Just admit, you know. Next show, Wes, we'll have to bring the We'll have to bring the Ohio facts
2: we need, we need to just have a segment that's called name a random gamecock and oh. uh, they have to be the most random South carolina football player you can think of
1: dude I have,
2: I have so picture. Many.
1: yeah I have so many going through my head right now
2: give me give me one what's what's the most random gamecock you can think of right off the top of your head
1: Robert Pavlovic okay is that not that random that's pretty no, that's that's pretty strong. That's the one I thought of, Robert Pavlovic, who I think was from Canada. Is that right? Robert, if you're listening, please weigh in. I think he's from I think he's from Canada. I, I'm How on about, a, I'm um, getting thing done the rest of the day now.
2: And I can't remember. How about Shay? Was it McKee or McKean?
1: Shea McKean. Now Shea he, McKean. Was, he was a northeast guy. He was defensive a, end. Yeah, he tight end defensive end. He was from a prep school up there. Yep, yeah. that was one. Okay. Well we all right,
2: let's get back on topic. <laughs> um, hey, we're out of time anyway. Uh what what have we missed that has not we have not covered? Yeah, decommit from Cam Upshaw. Um, <laughs> seems like he still really likes the game So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, kind of a different situation there. I don't know, but I, I think I think he probably there's probably a decent chance he ends up in the class anyway, but we'll find out. Um Carolina will be fine. And let's see, what else is it, dude? Uh, we talked about Tree a little bit, I guess. Um, he told, uh, I mean, we'll credit it. He told Cornblute could be a decision later this week. I think Gamecocks are in good shape there. Somebody asked about Nick Harbor. Carolina made progress this weekend. Um, still going to be a marathon, I-, I think, rather than a sprint. So um, could go any number of ways moving forward. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, Craig asked about the receiver pushing things back. Carmelo Taylor, if he would have announced on Sunday, I feel pretty comfortable saying it was going to be South Carolina. Um, no real word on exactly why he pushed it back, but I I think Carolina's still still in really good shape there. I don't think it if it extends out, you know, four months from now, who knows? But if he uh if he commits anytime relatively soon, I would think it would still be South Carolina.
1: So Chris. How did it feel to be back, man? It feels great, man. Super appreciative for everyone and their support, I, Wes. I think we're around the same timeline. This is, I think, this is going on year like fourteen of me covering Gamecock football and recruiting. Wow. Similar to you, I think. So, you crazy seen the good ball.
2: ball. You've seen some bad ball.
1: I've, I've seen bad. I've seen a lot, but uh, everybody's support's been awesome. The jobs changed some over the years. Obviously, people have been awesome, so we're really appreciative. Closing thoughts for me, Wes, if you'll allow me. Preseason kickoff party, August 20th. Check it out. Steel Hands Brewing, we're excited about that. Go get your VIP tickets. Uh, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, Monday through Friday daily, 11 a.m. Eastern. So check that out on 1075thegame.com or on the app. We'll be podcasting that in the future, too. We got a lot going on, man. Super excited. Yeah, man,
2: I'm pumped. I'm glad you brought up the kickoff party. Um, we're going to have an announcement here very, very soon about our presenting sponsor uh, for the kickoff party that um, I'm excited to tell everybody about, um, 1801 Venture Club. Um, keep keep that name in mind. You're going to be hearing a lot about it in the next uh, month. And actually, even on past that, I think there's going to be some opportunities there. But 1801 Venture Club. Um, something new, something cool that we're looking forward to telling you all about. We're going to have some more details on that very, very soon. Um, Hayden Hurst Family Foundation will be our, um, benefiting, uh, charity for this. Last year, Chris, we didn't know what we were getting into at the party. So we were scared. We, we were, we were conservative about our, our financial situation with it. We wanted to make sure we could pay all the bills first before we started, um, trying to promise to, to give, money to charity as well. Hopefully we're going to be set up in a good position here to to make a really nice donation to the Hayden Hurst family foundation. Uh, So be on the lookout for that, but Hey, come to the kickoff party. You're going to hurt my, my heart personally. If you don't come to the kickoff party, because if you're in town, Chris, there is no excuse. If you want to pay VIP, we'd love to have you. If you just want to come out, drink still hands, brewing beers Listen to free music. Listen to the stage portion of uh, our guests. You can do that. You obviously have to pay for your beer, but everything else, the actual entertainment, it's free. So come hang out. It was amazing last year. We're going to make it bigger, better, badder this year. Come join us. It's going to be fun. Chris, you got anything else, man? That's it, man. All right, he's Chris. I'm Wes. We're out. We'll see you very soon.